Hey guys, it's Michelle Collins. Welcome to the Michelle Collins Show. It's my show and I'm thrilled you're here. We're going to be bringing you episodes every single week with different co-hosts, the same usual nonsense, off-the-cuff humor, news, advice, pop culture. I know it's a novel concept for a podcast, but what can I say? I'm an innovator. That's what I do. You'll be getting episodes every week, but if you want to hear daily episodes, you can head over to my Patreon. That's www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I have co-hosts every single day. It's funny. It's loose. It's authentic. I do weekly episodes with my mother. If you're curious as to how someone is made this way, I highly recommend tuning into those and some video content as well, which is exciting. I'm off to contour, but I want you to enjoy this episode. It's fabulous. We adore you and we look forward to seeing you over on the Patreon. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Forever. Welcome back, everybody. It's Michelle Collins, your old friend. Uh, two months until... Wait, what's today? It's less than two months till my 40th birthday, Kate Kennedy. What do you think? Oh, my goodness. Do you have big plans? Um, ish. <laughs> ish. Yes and no. Uh, I'll save it for after the pod. Yeah, we'll see how that goes. Um, ish, ish. I don't have a party planned yet. I feel like ish is a better way to like manage expectations, you know? That's where I'm at. It's like Ishel Collins. That's going to be my name after 40. Just ish, just... ish call. Ish by Mish. Ish by Mish is really funny. <laughs> see, Kate, we need to band together to make a brand. Kate Kennedy, podcaster, just brilliant pop culture commentator. Follow her um, at Be There in Five. You also make, are you still doing the doormats? I now sell them as like broader merch. Okay, good. Where can people buy your merch? Uh, be there in five.com slash shop. Thank you for asking. Be there and sorry about my dog. Oh, don't be silly. What kind of dog is it? It's a Shih Tzu named Tugboat. And that's our time. Kate, thanks for being here. It's a Shih Tzu named Tugboat. <laughs> it's, it's an adorable, By the way. <laughs> it's an adorable dog. <laughs> no, but just the way it's a Shih Tzu named Tugboat will be the title of this episode. So we really, by the way, at this point, we can just let it all out because we don't have to strive for anything. Um, Kate, I was saying your Instagram stories are phenomenal. What has what has bitten you? I want you to make me feel again, make our listeners learn how to feel because you still have passion for so much. And after this year that we've had, it's sometimes hard for me to work up the energy about certain things. So what is doing it for you these days? You know, I think that like, you know, we you mentioned hacks in the prior episode and kind of that sort of theme I feel strongly about, about not being a person who's so detached from what like younger people are doing that I just criticize it instead of like embrace it and just stay in the know because eventually it takes over. And I feel like I get enthusiastic about things like, like TikTok, for example, not because I, you know, love to dabble in the dances, but because I think like these are the new modern celebrities, like these platforms democratize fame. They, you don't have to have an agent or a manager to get huge anymore. And like, it's kind of crazy how 
available an audience is to anybody so long as they can do something unique and sustainable. And I think that's really kind of cool that like random people in their bedrooms can be on a world stage that otherwise would never be given the time of day by the formal entertainment, like talent pipeline. I, I have I, that to, gets me excited. I have to agree, but also disagree. I agree mm. where I think it is a good, first of all, I, I opened up the TikTok app and uh, I know in part one, Dan mentioned the Sour Patch Kids store in Times Square. That is what it feels like to me. I'm like, I don't understand how to use the green screen. I'm sure if I gave myself eight hours with it one day, I could figure it out pretty quickly, Um, pretty quickly, like eight to 24 hours. I could definitely quickly figure it out. I think you'd love it. Really? I want, I wish. It's not dancing anymore. It's like. I know. It's so, I learn a lot on there. Here's my issue with it. And you said it the right way democratizing fame. Here's my problem. I am talented. (laughs) That's it. That's the whole show. No, (laughs) you know, there are people who are talented. I came from a nothing family. Not that I don't love my family. I'm saying they were not connected in any way, middle-class funny people, but had no connections in the entertainment industry. I worked my ass off. I moved to New York. I made the right friends. I performed, you know, I, I went through years and years of work to, and, and honestly, in the scheme of things, I left, I love my job, but I'm not even at the level like that a lot of people are at. So the way that I see it is like, I worked hard for it, Kate, you know what I mean? I, and I'm still working hard for it. Mm -hmm. I'm still, you know, doing this and the show and everything else and hoping that something bigger comes. My thing is that oftentimes, and it happens to a lot of people who also become Twitter famous or Instagram famous or TikTok famous, that skill does not necessarily translate to television and to radio and to these older formats of entertainment. I'm almost going to say that it is a rare day that someone who is good at those mediums can make it happen on a Netflix or on uh, any network. I will literally rather choke to death than name a name. I would rather choke to death. But I'm just saying it's rare. and, And we all kind of know that. So I feel like we should I don't know how to put it. Like, yes, have your TikTok fame. But I wish that there was still, you know, kind of um, there was still some sort of uh, what sort I'm looking for here. Come up and you know, that that like vetting process, a vetting process. Exactly. To like get people to actually prove that they're talented. You know, I think that it's an interesting, broader question that bothers me, too, of like at the end of the day, it's like a demand thing, right? Like it's. Uh, unfortunately, everything leans toward popularity over quality and numbers yes. over like nobody wants to like groom talent anymore. Nobody wants to uplift voices. They just want you to already be popular. And if you're already popular on your own merit, they'll give you everything. It's like why podcasting is getting cluttered. It's a celebrity model now. It's just another platform. And I think that it's it is a difficult thing where there is a very specific skill to being a personality, to being a host, to being like in entertainment that requires you to actually entertain and prepare. You cannot like simply exist. And I think a lot of times it's really frustrating to watch people get these coveted roles um, that have utterly no experience and aren't good at it, but they'll still get the numbers because that's all that matters to people. But that's what I mean. It's like such a hard argument to make. I just feel like we are watering down. I mean, it's, it's such a complicated thing. I just think comedically speaking, I see a lot of these like new Mm -hmm. people. I love how I'm like shitting on comedians. Comedy is an art form. It takes, no, 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 I'm not. Comedy is an art form. It takes work. And I really do believe with like being good at music or uh, being a poet or a singer, I do think it takes a genetic gift to be a comedian. I really believe that. I I think um, when you look at someone like an Eddie Murphy or a Robin Williams or a Sarah Silverman or a Wanda Sykes or whoever, these are people who were born to be comics. They had the timing. They had the energy for it. It's what they, it's their passion. It's what they were meant to do. I'm sorry. I'm seeing some of these people who are funny. I see funny memes all the time. That does not mean you can get on a stage and make people laugh and command an audience and do that. That is a different skill altogether. Being internet funny has merits for sure. I actually am shocked at how many people are funny on the internet. Like when you go to a thread on Twitter and it's just hilarity, like everybody. Right. But put that person on a theater stage and let's see how they can do. It is different. So I'm, I just want to make sure that we are still cultivating real talent. Those people who are meant to do this, I want to make sure that they're not discouraged because they're not getting TikTok views. No, absolutely. And I'm so curious too, even if young talent, especially in the comedy space, like 
if, if if you grow up looking to like the Paul brothers or like YouTube vloggers doing like physical comedy crashing shit into things and like that's how you get your kicks like are people I, I'm interested to like see the trajectory of stand up comedy if people will worship the legends like I did I'm sure you did growing up and uh, in terms of like there's a real like process and pipeline yes. there and now comedy like I just think stand-up isn't the same as other comedy and like meme humor to your point and it's all getting convoluted and I just like yeah I think that more and more online personalities are going to like do stand-up shows and stuff and like it'll probably be maddening because it'll probably be well attended going to fucking make me crazy and you know I'll say this that as someone whose dream in life since I was little has been to do late night like that is not just a whim as a comic like it is the for me, end game, end goal, or even daytime, but just to have a show where I always call out Graham Norton because he, I think, is the best there is that we have currently. In that oh, he's, I love. He's the best. He's funny. He's charming. I always bring it like I'm obsessed with him, but I bring him up because nobody else does that anymore. Even the guys that we have here who are older guys, no one has that level of warmth and wit and charm and just that natural, like maybe Corden, but Corden, I think, tries to fit a lot into this American model still, even though he's an Englishman. I just don't, I don't want to lose that until I have a chance, until I have a crack at it. You know what I mean? And hopefully one day in my lifetime, I'll get it. But I think you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. And I think, I think it's, it's important to acknowledge the nuance and it doesn't mean you have to like accept it. I I think it's so frustrating. Like I, I don't know. I experience this all the time with like book stuff. Like (gasps) everybody gets a book deal like and and doesn't even write their book and then like you put it you turn in all these heartfelt proposals and stuff and like it just doesn't matter because you're not the most famous person already like you can't grow through your art anymore that's you right. have to grow and then produce art and yeah it's like i think it's something that's important to be aware of to make to like support the people you genuinely like and want to see do well i think it's just like it, the the music piece too, per your comment, is crazy. Like you, anybody can have a single now. Anybody can have a singing career. Meanwhile, that would cut drive to me, me insane. Cut if to I me were my Christmas album. I'm like anybody can have a single. <laughs> the whole week, I'm like anybody can have a single. Just you sing it over and over again. <laughs> yeah, D- Dixie Tamilio is the number one song out right now. And part of my language, the song is called "Fuck Boy." Have you heard it? No, <laughs> "Fuck Boy." Who sings it? It's like a random person. Dixie D'Amelio, Charlie D'Amelio's sister. Do you know who Charlie D'Amelio is? Are these the TikTok family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Not interested in that at all. I mean, literally, a family from Connecticut. Like, her sister started to dance. They get famous. They bought a $15 million home in L.A., and now they have both of these, like, booming careers. And, like, Mm -mm. it's it didn't even require talking. It's crazy. I I can't do it, Kate. And can I also... I'm, like, making you so angry. You're, like, getting hot. I'm literally breaking out no, you know, I'm breaking out into hives because I'm wearing a $10 dress from Zara that, by the way, is so staticky that when I put it on, lightning shot out of my fingertips. Like, I know the next metal doorknob I'm going to touch is going to actually end me. It's And it has a slit. I don't know if I know you well enough to stand up for the Zoom. It has a slit that basically goes it's up cute. to the waist. No, my whole, my, like, underwear is basically, it's like a top. Here, I'll show you. I'll give you a little hint. Look at that. That ain't right. Oh, it is cute. I love that. It's fine. Ten Are bucks. you doing the thing where you buy in store and try on at home? Do I have a choice? Yeah. Of course I do it. Have you noticed, wait, can I, ask, can I ask a personal question? First of all, I want to say something that the way that you talk about things, I just had a vision for you and I, I want to know like what your end game is, like what you want in life. You would be the most incredible like media studies professor. You're so smart. Oh, you're very nice. I, you know, I, I recently had some issues with like people ripping off stuff really <laughs> from my podcast and putting them in like legitimate publications, <gasps> but not citing me. And my, what I've been told is basically like, I, cultural commentary isn't a legitimate source. Like you need to be a primary source or you need to be like an academia or have a PhD. And the other day I was just like Googling, I'm like, can I just get a PhD? Like, can I, I just, I need credentials somehow because yes. otherwise you're not taken very seriously. But that's very nice of you to say. And I'm not opposed to that at all. I, yeah. I actually love um, like the academic or not academic, but like, I don't think I'm that smart. I think I just like to argue for why things that are trivialized uh, matter. Mm. And people have made fun of me my whole life for loving entertainment news. And I'm like, no, this stuff shapes culture. Like, and if you're denying it, that's your problem. But like, you can elevate the conversation, you know? It also shapes politics now. It shapes everything. Yeah. There's there's such a blurred line between every single thing in this planet. And I'm telling you, we are headed for complete destruction. But you know what? I'm happy that we got you on the pod before that happens. Can I just add? It's been great to have you here. 
Um, wait, so let's talk about the things that are, and P.S., let me also add, yeah, people stealing from you is literally, I mean, I, we call, I call it getting buzz-feeded. Like whenever you have an idea and they immediately take it, oh, you got buzz-fed, baby. That's how they operate, and they will not credit you. You got buzz-fed. You got buzz-fed. That's what they do. So um, it's the worst feeling in the whole world, and there is literally nothing you can do about it but watch the people who work there buy homes. <laughs> so okay should we move on I'm trying to feel better and better as this conversation goes <laughs> no you're so right it's true and it's I think true. I'm too, like Walter it's, White it's wild yeah. <laughs> it's wild because like I've been quoted in like the New York Times and in magazines but they've never contacted me and they've pulled <gasps> posts from my Instagram stories or TikToks <laughs> and I'm like I didn't want that TikTok wow <laughs> like immortalized in like a serious Forever. publication <laughs> but then it's like it's what is considered like a like tweets are a source right like yes I think it's kind of a bit of a mind f if you will when you think about like every, everything you say at all times can be like attributed as a source for something and I don't like necessarily like that either I don't know it's all very confusing well interestingly let's talk a little bit about Twitter because um you know uh our girl Chrissy Teigen has been dabbling in a oh. bit of the old um I, I don't know what you would even call what's happening to her now, but it's not a great look. I don't know if you're a Tegan girl, an OG Tegan girl or not. I will say very upfrontly, I've never been a huge Chrissy fan. I'm just going to be honest with you. I, I find her very funny on Twitter at times. And I don't, I have a lot of theories about who's behind some of these tweets. Is it her? Does she have a team of people? You know what my theory is that when she... Oh, I- Theory, 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 theory. And please, Chrissy, don't come for me. I think I'm okay to talk about her now, though, because she can't, like, be mean to anyone anymore for, like, she at least two months. <laughs> so I think I'm actually in the clear. But um, <laughs> but I think... And let me just also add, like, the thing that happened with Allison Roman, like, that was... That didn't bother me. Like, that... I think Allison said some stupid shit. It came back to bite her. Mm-hmm. The fact that it was about Chrissy, who I'm, I've always been a little bit like, all right. Um, but anyway, that being said... Uh, When she went offline for like three weeks, in my opinion, it's because the person who or people who wrote her tweets left. This is pure speculation. But I'm like convinced that person just was like not she didn't have anyone to write her shit for her. So she was like, I've had it. And then three weeks later, just enough time to hire someone. She's like, you know what? I missed you guys. I'm back. This is like the conspiracy that Carol Radswell had her talking head interviews scripted. uh, On Bravo. But I'm sure they were scripted. Not, Not conspiracy. They're all scripted. All of the girls. They are? Yes. See, I, I'm so, like, I just want to be charmed by people. I'm, like, shocked that people would have, like, the acting chops to deliver that in a way in a talking head. Let me tell you something. Having done other shows as a talking head years ago, they give you pickups. They go, well, I didn't want any of that. You can totally see when they're acting. Yes, of course. Sometimes I'm sure it's them, like, speaking ex- extemporaneously but for sure they're scripted oh my god the whole show is fucking scripted come on people these shows are scripted kate of course houses of new york i know and i know better come on i know better and and read chrissy tegan like i i think what was fun about her is that she was the first celebrity to almost break the fourth wall in a sense and not be too cool for social media right. she liked bravo she was like she rode the road like when the currency shifted from like aspiration and wanting people to be mysterious to wanting them to be relatable. She like rode that wave, and she was right. like this relatable icon that was also like a supermodel and wasn't relatable at all. But she like took some risk initially, I think, in showing more personality on social media that like, yeah, looking at the Courtney Stodden tweets, I'm like, oh, my God, this isn't just this isn't poking. This isn't something you can misinterpret. Like this is just straight up mean, like it's trolling, it's bullying. And I was like that. Yeah, I mean, there's I've had my ups and downs with her, but I think the most recent thing is like kind of hard to come back from. But it's actually not really getting that much coverage. I don't feel like relative to other stuff she's done. Going back and looking at those tweets from 10 years ago, you know that at the time she thought she was being absolutely hilarious. Like, wow, yeah, tell that 16-year-old girl. Nobody was really acknowledging the fact that Courtney was basically an imprisoned teenager in a sexual relationship with a grandfather. I mean, nobody wanted to admit that. And the fact that, like, Dr. Drew had this girl on his show and, like, scanned her breasts at the age of 17 years old. I mean, what the fuck? We allowed that to air on TV, even though we know that Dr. Drew is, like, uh, kind of sleazy and that's, like, his whole thing. I mean, it, the whole thing is horrible, but to, to read them now of her, I'm sure she thought she was being so clever. But the problem is she's not a comedian. It all goes back to my original thing, where it is, that is not, 
you know, she has what I like to call John Mayer disease. I bring it up every week where it's like, no, Chrissy, your gift is that you're a tall, gorgeous woman. She's definitely intelligent. I She makes beautiful kids. I mean, one after another, those kids are literally, you can eat them up. Her and Because John Legend also looks like a baby. So you would make beautiful kids when you look like a baby. But <laughs> he looks like a little infant. But, you know, you're not a comic. And so... I'll be honest, that's why my theory about her hiring people to help her write, which is not taking anything away from her own voice, but let's go back and really study her tweets from 2011, 2012, before she was anybody, and see if they're nearly as funny as the ones that she has in the past two or three years. Because if they are, I will shut the fuck up. If they are, I will shut the fuck up. You're... (laughs) You're about to get BuzzFed. That's a great idea for like a think piece. To, I'm going to get BuzzFed to again. Run some data. No. <laughs> no, don't BuzzFeed me. No, do it because I have no patience for that shit. They'll actually do that. Um, I don't want to like pick a fight with her. I just feel like the Courtney stuff is such a, it's just. It was bad. I think the nuance that exists within old tweets resurfacing is really fascinating and in, in people like that the whole conversation of like when did it happen how bad was it how indicative of it is character how much of a function of your environment were you but like at that point in 2010 2011 she was famous already Mm -hmm. she was in a more powerful position or more influential position and like to your point about Courtney Sodden like that's an interesting example of a person whose treatment I really didn't think about until this story came up but like there was just that such a normalizing especially in like I mean mid-aughts tabloid culture right like all any like as a woman you're value or ability to land a cover was like, did you lose a ton of weight? Are you bleary eyed walking out of a light nightclub? Are you romantically involved? Are you picking a fight with another famous woman? And that was like it. Like that's what culture wanted for women. And I feel like we got out of that in the 2010s. But to think of Dr. Drew doing that to a 17 year old is like, I didn't know that. And I'm like so creeped out by that. But at the time, was that normal? I mean, it was for ratings, you know, so anything to get eyeballs. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, she, listen, the thing that's fucked up about that story and so many, one of many things is that she loved, it seemed like she loved the spotlight that, and she looked so much older. She didn't look 16, you know, she looked, mm-hmm. you know, 25 or up. So it was almost fascinating to watch this young girl who clearly was like being over sexualized, even if it was her own doing, um, you know, she was groomed. Her parents were groomed by this guy, Doug Hutchinson, who she dated, uh, no matter which way you cut it, it's like, I think it was like watching a carnival freak show. So everybody was like, oh shit, without really mm. contemplating, like, this is a child who happens to just have like big old breasts, you know? I was one. Right. I've always had the rack of a middle aged woman. <laughs> I mean, literally, like, I've always looked in the mirror and been like, How? I've never been like, oh, I'm so unlucky, young and perky, like, ever. The second they grew, they were there. They've not changed, though, since I was a teenager. They still look the same. But, um, they were never great. You know what I mean? I've, I've been always busty too. And I never really got to enjoy a fancy free period of my youth with like gauzy tops. Never. <laughs> I've never had a gauzy top. Oh, <laughs> I was going to make. It seems like I feel out of fun. Oh my God. I've never been. Um, I'll tell you one thing though. When I wear white t-shirts out of my apartment in New York, like right now it's a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> I have like four white t-shirts. If I wear them out within half an hour, it's pouring rain every time. I'm like, this is a God's joke. <laughs> to try to see my very symmetrical nipples. Now, Kate, let's talk about what it feels like your nipples. No, let's talk about um, what it, what are other things that are getting you riled up? Do you think I'm going to get in trouble for the things I said about Chrissy? No, I, okay. I think that it's fair to like, I think that like pe- you can be both. Like she can have had some really funny tweets and have gone through really difficult circumstances, but also have been a bully in the early 2010s and like need to cop to it and sort through that. I think it's hard to talk about things anymore because like there's just people contain multitudes. And I I think that she can be funny and it might be scripted. She could be funny and it might be on her own. Like there's a lot of different funny. And I don't think he said anything wrong. I've seen her deliver a speech. Um, I don't know who wrote the speech, but I will tell you that she, she may have, um, she was funny. I I will give her that. See, I'm not, uh, I'm not here to, to steal anyone's shine. You know what I mean? Like let her, of course not. I just wouldn't do that. It's just not my personality. <laughs> well, and you know how, like, you, you, you're in this trade. Like, this is your craft. You can read what people say and watch people and glean things that other people can't. I do it all day. All I'm doing is gleaning. Like, literally morning, noon, and night. <laughs> I'm the gleaning lady. I glean, glean cuisine. <laughs> <I'm the> cleaning. <laughs> That's genuinely 
Is that the right word? What is glean? glean yes, it's, it kind of felt like old old timey as I was no, coming out of my mouth. I'm house. constantly gleaning. I'm like genuinely gleaning Tower of Pisa. That's me. So now listen. <laughs> so stupid. Wait, so let's also talk about Ben and Jen, because I know that you have some thoughts on Benifer, and I, as you know, am over the moon about it. I hope she's never single. I want her to constantly keep going back to her exes. I love this process for her. What do you think? I guess I'm, I'm curious about your, like, what you love about it, because for me, it, for me, it feels sad. No. It feels like your high school boyfriend with the tattoo that hasn't been touched, like, touched up. And like, you just have nothing else going on right now. So you're going back to it. Like, I just, I don't want this for her. <gasps> I couldn't disagree. I know. I, I know. Is that controversial? I yes. feel like, I, I don't know. I, 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 I want good things for JLo. I think she's great. And if that's one, a great love that got away, like fine. I just think that I, I don't, something about Ben Affleck just doesn't do it for me. And I, I question the the motive here in terms of getting back with A-Rod or making, getting back, getting back. What, what would it be called? Like when you're trying to get back at someone. And, a revenge, or revenge like, dating or something like that. I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah. it's it kind of seems like a charade. It, it doesn't, Ooh, it's just charade. like the perfect person to you get mean back a with. You Rodriguez? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Alex Rodriguez. Exactly. Yeah. God, you're good. <laughs> I'm so fucking good, girl. It's see, I have no team of writers behind me. Meanwhile, none of my tweets are funny. I'm like, that's how I know she hires people because my shit sucks. That being said, uh, I like it. I'm a, totally the different camp. First of all, I've always had it for Ben Affleck. Always. I used to also have it for a man that I find very similar, Vince Vaughn. But once Vince Vaughn came out as pro Trump, mm. that I mm. can't um even as like a hate fuck situation can't even mentally wrap my mind around that so he was dead to me so really ben was all i had left there's a similar piece of shit boston guy energy that the two of them have totally you see that yeah i i i I see that and i've definitely i mean i i think ben affleck has like a je ne sais quoi about him absolutely i mean he's like is slash was a star like he i was definitely attracted to him at at points in his career he's a mess i just feel like something He's a mess. Yeah, he's just a mess right now, and it kind of bums me out. She's going to come in with her um, thread facial or her thread facelift, whatever the fuck it is, and like her, you know, Ariana ponytail and her her gorgeous face and body that I'm sure is completely natural. She is going to whip that motherfucker into shape. I'm telling you, he already started growing his beard back in the pictures of them in the car, which, you know, I tweeted about that. I was like, damn, she has not even been with the man for like half a month, and he is already looking Hot and he's, you know, when he got fat, fat, when he got bigger, because he's never been like truly big, but I was like, okay, this is my fucking time. I was like, when Ben gained that weight, I'm like, <laughs> if I don't get the fuck in there while Ben is fat, because that is really going to be like my sweet spot for like, he's feeling his worst. You know, I look smaller as a result. The whole thing would have really worked out for me. I would have loved that stupid fucking tattoo. The whole thing I would have loved. Then he started dating that Anna de Armas character, which I know nothing about her. I fear we're going to have to learn about her at some point. Um, They started going out. There's just something I like that he's like riddled with demons, like very into that. Oh, I love that. (laughs) I do. I like that. I like a guy who's just like constantly the demons are always there. You know, I don't know. Don't you think if anybody could exercise Ben Affleck's demons, it would have been Jen Garner. You know, you think so, but I don't know if anyone can get rid of them. I'm going to say something really controversial. I'm biting my lips so hard that literally there's like no blood (laughs) in my chin. I never saw the movie 13 going on 30 for years. I never Mm -hmm. saw it. And recently I watched it for the first time. And uh, I will say this, Mark Ruffalo literally, one of the best we have. Andy Circus, mm, Gollum, Gollum, obsessed. He plays the boss. I honestly found her borderline unbearable. I'm sorry. I loved also Judy. What's her name? The friend Judy. Um, She's in the fine film 27 Dresses. Judy Greer. That's exactly right. <laughs> Judy Greer. Thank you, Tracy. Judy Greer. Fab. I found her unbearable. And I could see that level of sunshininess not matching being a little bit too much for him. And I like her Instagram. I think she's very, I'm sure she is the loveliest, sweetest, but I'm just saying, I think she was almost a little bit too saccharine for him. Saccharine. What a great descriptor. Um, yeah, I can see that. I, I think that like, 
there you have your default setting that you can depart from for periods of time but Ben's is probably a little darker than hers is at least my perception of it but I even think what you the the uh exercise of watching a, a like a classic rom-com for the first time in modern times is kind of an interesting exercise because I'd almost wonder if they'd all be a little bit uh, like if unbearable. you watched how to lose a guy in 10 days today like you've never seen it before would you be like like this is amazing. I actually even though don't, it was great at the time. I don't know if I've seen it. Should I watch it? I don't think I have. I think I've seen excerpts from it. It's Kate Hudson and uh, who's the other one? Is it Casey uh, Wilson? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Is Casey in it? Casey Wilson is Bride Wars. That's right. Uh, with also no, is she? Yeah. Yes, but you're right. I think that How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days, like I loosely based like my life on it. <laughs> okay, talk to me. about I love that. that movie so much. Is she a journalist? Well, I was. Is she like she's writing something? Maybe I have seen it. Yeah, go on. I love like I grew up in a small town in Virginia. My outlet, like, and I, all I did was like watch behind the music. I love like that. you know TRL, and then watch movies about women that were taking on the big city and jobs in like publishing magazines or like styling. And it just was my only lens into like my options in life. And I just, there's a girl's name is Andy Anderson and she writes this how to column in a magazine. And it's just like, I found it inspirational in the way maybe devil wears Prada was for some people. Like I, and I moved to New York and I wore pencil skirts and I've had a great time. You did that all because I of think that, that movie? That was like, no, but I think about my influence and like that was that was a huge part of my perception of like what it was like to be a young woman in New York. As ridiculous as it sounds, I get it. I think like when you don't ha- like you know we're I'm trying to think of what would be like a better example, but I feel like I I had access to so little about the world. The media I consumed for as I knew it was the world. I can understand that actually. I'm trying to think of the rom coms that I like la 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 loved, and they're all like you know I mean I'm such a piece of shit like. Notting Hill. It's all the English ones. And that's how you know, like, that's why I love all that shit. It's like Bridget Jones. And uh, which, by the way, I did not know that they killed off Mark Darcy in the Bridget Jones books eight years ago. I just had to Google that today. Did you know that? She's a widow. I did not know that either. Bridget Jones is a widow. Yes. Wait, so there there are books that continue after the movies they've made? Yes. And he dies and she's two kids. (gasps) I know. (laughs) I don't want to like that. I mean, neither. Me neither at all. Because there are people. So I'm going to spoil Mayor of Easttown because if you haven't watched it at this point, there's a. First of all, I'll tell you someone I never got on board with, and I wonder if you feel this way until Mayor of Easttown. Um, Evan Peters just never got it. Didn't like the hair. Peters. He's on all the Ryan Murphy um, serial shows. Like he uh, he dated Emma Roberts for a long time. Do you not know who he is? I'm just looking him up. If really you've never fast, watched so Ryan Murphy, you wouldn't know who he is, actually, because I feel like that's his main thing. But um, Evan Murphy, Evan Peters. I'm sorry. I'm like, oh, sorry. <laughs> what? Oh, you said Ryan Murphy. Uh, it was a bunch of like quarterbacks with like mug shots. Oh, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. You know, this it. actor, by the way, um, send me those mug shots. Yes. <laughs> Let's see those mug shots, please. <laughs> um, Evan Murphy. <laughs> no. So uh, that's hilarious. So uh, what was I saying about him? Oh, so he plays on Mayor of Easttown, this detective. Um, who's like obsessed with Kate uh, Winslet in it. And Kate looks horrendous. And there's one scene this week where she cleans up a little bit. And I was like, oh, like makeup and hair. Like she can, she just is very, like I find her throughout it. She's a cop. She's kind of like makeup free, kind of masculine. Like she's just not putting any effort into her look. So he plays this like cute, cute detective. And yesterday, Kate, do you want me to spoil it or no? Yeah, you can spoil it. So spoiler for those who, who want to watch it. They went to like investigate because like these girls have been like killed and you see throughout the series that this man is like he's taking these two teenagers hostage. So they go to this guy's house and it's like very weird and like they're getting a vibe and out of nowhere the guy pulls a gun out and blows Evan Peters in the head, puts a bullet in his head. Out of nowhere. It was like, like, you know, you're just watching this and you're like, okay, you're tense because you know something like they build the tension up a little bit and it was a full classic Game of Thrones HBO treatment of their main stars where they just kill people and you're like well okay I mean I guess it's shocking because you it was and it was like the episode where really I think everybody was like oh my god wait I have a crush on him like he was so charming on it and everyone was just like "Mm." like I was watching it just like oh you know I would almost (laughs) let him you know curse at me and tell me to go fuck myself and I was like he's so nice um 
That is a weird choice. Like when people, I, like I don't think I ever got uh, over like Brody being killed off of Homeland so early. How could you bring Brody into this? I, by the way, I'm oh. still not over that. I forgot that they killed him. They hung him right in that square. <gasps> yeah, in the entire show, I just wait. I only watched because I was sure he was going to come back. I was like, this show has no purpose going on without the Brody dynamic. That's what made it interesting. I, but I he never watching. resurrected. I stopped watching. I um, I I watched up until she started sleeping with that like teenager. Remember, she was sleeping with some young like informant, Claire Danes. I was like, okay, what's this about? <laughs> yeah. Remember that? I was like, what? The, the her facial expressions were a journey. I love her. She's the best. I just I, she's she's talented. Like mm-hmm. she she can do nothing, say nothing, and like exude so much from her face. It's kind of like incredible. She's gonna have to. I just got these lines Botoxed in Miami a couple weeks ago, and she's gonna have the um, ventriloquist dummy lines because apparently that's what makes the frown face. Like when you close your mouth, that's what pulls the lips down. And she really needs that. Oh. She needs to get those. I mean, she looks beautiful. People are going to be like, she doesn't need anything. I get it. I'm joking. But if she's considering anything, because I'm sure she's gotten Botox. Do you do it? You must. You look 25 yes, years old. Yes, I do. And yeah. I was just going to ask you, do you do you not get scared when you do um, mouth Botox? Like, because I've, I've done various forms of like jaw and mouth Botox. And every time I get nervous that I'm, it's going to, because if, if there's one obvious way to mess something up, it would be the way you smile. Without a doubt. So and nervous. I've seen women who they get like the it's like a PT word, like tlalarsis or something where their eye starts to go full sloth from Goonies and they're like bad Botox and they're so casual about it. I'm like, if my eye started sloping down <laughs> my face, I would legitimately people are like, oh, yeah, I got bad Botox. I'm like, what? You look insane. Like, go hell I mean, insane. Um, I didn't even think about it until you just said it. Well, you know, I got my tongue pierced freshman year of college. Which now I know that it could have hit a nerve. No one knows that because why would I have ever done that? But um, I did it because I was even then such a little old lady that I was like, well, I won't have a scar. Like if I got my like nose pierced, which I never would have done or anywhere else, it would leave scarring. But my tongue, which houses like nerves and things. Taste. And taste, you know. But I lost weight with my tongue ring. I always talk about it because I had something in my mouth at all times. So I always wanted to start a diet company Bethany, I know you're listening. Let's do it. Skinny tonguey girl where you put it's called tonguey girl and you have a little tongue ring in and then you just oral fixation people. You always have something to play with. It's fun. That's I've never heard that before that. And that's kind of a shockingly alternative thing to choose for a person that would like to be both concerned about like late in life scarring and get a tongue ring is just a it makes dichotomy absolutely of no traits. sense. And I had to hide it from my parents. No I never. And by the way, it's not like I was performing oral like I was such a fucking dork. I was 17 I was years old. No, I didn't get it for like <laughs> sexual reasons. I was literally the m- biggest virgin. Nobody looked at me and I just had it because it felt I went with my friend Allison who still has her nose ring from when we got it pierced. And I remember the guy who pierced my tongue was hot. His name was, I think, Jojo. Um, It was down at a place that no longer exists in the West Village. I had to pretend I was 18, which was not hard because I looked 50. And um, yeah, and I got a tongue ring. But the point is, she did this here and I didn't think about it, but I wasn't afraid. I once did the mandible Botox. Have you done that here? I have I have done that and it really changes some people's face and it did not change mine. Oh, it changed mine. Do you want to know what I looked like Zach Efron when he went viral three weeks ago? My face blew up here. Because of the swelling from the injection site or because of paralyzing that muscle? It made my, one side of my jaw when I bit down. So like, let me do it right now. Like, you know, a little something. When I bit down, yeah. a baseball was formed like it. Made my muscles so swollen and made me look so masculine. It was, I'll never, and I blame Bethany for that shit. Because what is she doing to her face? She looks great, I think. She, masseter Botox changed her face so dramatically that I think that's what mismanaged my expectations. But when I think about it now, it's like, obviously, a woman vibrating at that frequency is grinding at a level that I am not. And yes. I just, my, so my face doesn't show it. No, it's a hundred percent true. I knew what I wanted to ask you about related to celebrity mouths. Yes. What were you saying yesterday about veneers? Oh my God. Thank you for reminding me. Do you watch uh Shaw's of sunset? Oh, I have, I didn't see the new one, but yes, I have historically. So, um, by the way, I love that show. Um, so Reza got new teeth and for some reason his don't bother me that much, but, uh, destiny got new. First of all, destiny got so much work done that I don't know why these, I, 
I guess my question is, it's like the Kyle Richards conundrum. Kyle was someone who did not need work. I don't know. I just thought she maybe yeah. like Botox and lifting, whatever. She's changed her entire face, including her teeth. I do The change to me, I thought was too much. I thought it made her look more basic personally. I know. I did. The veneer thing is so interesting, and I feel like it's almost a rite of passage at this point where, I mean, it's an expensive venture to get them done well, but even at esteemed places, I don't feel like they're consistent. And, and like, my thing with veneers, too, is it's one thing on TV, but in person, veneers are kind of crazy looking. Like, they make you have a face for TV and teeth for TV, but it's almost like a cartoon sheet tooth. It's a sheet tooth. Yes. That doesn't look natural in person at all, and oftentimes doesn't on TV, but, like, I know it kind of bums me out to think that like you get on TV and your only your instinct is just like to pick apart and tweak your experience uh, appearance ad nauseum because she always was beautiful and like I the first person I remember ever getting veneers is like do you remember the Hillary Duff like oh, early yeah. veneer days those were flippers from toddlers like, and tiaras was... but some of these that that's what you're talking about they look like they can clip out like you just clip them in clip them out like they're not individual teeth. Yes. And I was, I mean, I've looked into veneers totally. And I saw them described one place as like, you know, it's not a big deal. They're like acrylic nails for teeth. And I'm like, I hate that description so oh, much. Really They're far more permanent and pricey. Well, you just said that. I hate that you just said that so much. Because <laughs> honestly, anytime I get acrylic nails, my whole year is spent ruined being like, why did I do that? Like my nails are made of like tissue paper now because I did that. Yeah, I don't, I think we should encourage people to stop doing it. Destiny got a lot of work done. And honestly, I find her going to say something almost borderline unbearable on the show. She started, you know, she was someone they met, I think on the people's couch. I don't think she was initially part of the, of the crew and then has now become part. She bought a house now next to Reza. So they're neighbors. And, uh, I just find her like so extra for camera. I don't find her. I find everyone else authentic. Um, whether I like them or not, I think that they are, they don't, I, I can't tell that they're acting with her. It is like a full blown, like, who are you? Like, are you at all ever authentic? It just feels fake. And I, I just find her hard to watch sometimes. No, I definitely think people like play up. They, they become like caricatures of themselves. And then you think about it in the context of reality TV. And it's like, well, you're supposed to be a real person. And like, what real people like are on this grand, like are, are turned up to like 110% like at all times. And even just like, I don't know. I, I have like so many thoughts about how watching people's like faces and. Uh, vibes change as they get further on TV. I feel like it's a confusing conversation of like, is it empowering to do whatever the hell you want? Is it, Mm -hmm. but isn't it like really unempowering to like meet a gaze with your, like wanting your, to your appearance to match a certain standard. Like it's, that's another confusing conversation, but I do feel like sad watching reality stars just completely doctor themselves with like today's standards of beauty in ways that are like permanent, right? No, like that's what, what I'm saying. Chiclet teeth come back in. Honey, I've lasered <laughs> all the hair off pretty much except for like a, a little tuft. The day that the full bush comes back, <laughs> it's going to be <laughs> Tuft. Babe, Tufts University. That's what I call it down there. Okay. And uh, some people get spend the four years. Some people, I don't even know if they get the whole, you know, the BA and then um, right, some people right. drop out. But, uh, Oh, I read an article, too, that I found very annoying um, about it was like a an advice column, I think, on Vice, which Vice is riddled with problems to begin with. So the fact that I'm even referencing them, but it was uh, one of their authors who I guess shuns cardio workouts and only does weightlifting. And her whole argument is that like cardio is only to lose weight. Like that is you're literally only doing it to get thinner, to look thinner, whereas weightlifting is like actually strengthening your body in this and that. And I really took an issue with that because I'm like, look, there is benefit to cardio. Like it works. And by the way, like I ever do cardio, I walk. That's it. I don't have a Peloton. I have not. I'm not someone who is. Um, I find that a lot of people who are angry at diet culture, in my opinion, are only helping diet culture. I, people who get mm. all upset about it and who get all riled up and angry. I'm like, you realize that you're putting your own issues your own relationship with dieting on display in a way that to me only strengthens the movement. I, I don't know how else to explain it, but it's like I grew up in a home that had me dieting. I was on diet pills as a little girl. I mean, you name it. I've been through it. Cabbage soup diet, all that shit, South Beach, et cetera. I've gotten to a place now where I, I've not been to therapy about it. I just, you know, I don't really watch what I eat. Like I had a bagel this morning. I walk and that's it. And I know I'll never be thin. I know I'll never be like, 
I'll always be this different versions of this body and I'm okay with it. And I personally don't feel the need to take to Instagram and blast every single thing that I see being like, this is fucking horrible. Even though I sort of did that with Bethany, but you know what I'm saying? Like, I just find it kind of exhausting and it actually makes me, when I see people rail on diet culture, for me, it actually makes me feel more self-conscious about dieting. It has the opposite effect because I'm like, how could this person be Mm. so uptight and so angry? Like, what is going through? Like, why am I not that angry about it? Is it because I'm not, I don't know how to explain it. It it kind of triggers me actually thinking about it. That's interesting because, yeah, I think there's like so many different ways you can look at it. And I think like the... It's almost like you when yeah, when people put into the stratosphere that something's a big issue, it makes me aware of something yes. that wasn't an issue before. Like I I completely understand right? that. It is so different for everybody. Exactly. I, I don't even know if I'm making a good point when I say this. It's just when people are getting very, very, very upset about diet culture, I actually don't the only diet culture I'm seeing is the backlash to it. And that is what's making me stressed. And the reminder in and of itself is triggering. I get what you're saying. But wait, Kate, what do you want to promote? Like, I first of all, I just want people who have stuck this out to know that I really think you're one of like my favorite people to follow on Instagram. If you don't follow Kate at be there in five, just so intelligent. How's your podcast doing? How's married life? How's how's life? Life is good. I um, my the podcast is good. I I've kind of do a solo hosted like longer form show and we'll deep dive random topics in the past like month or so I got myself kind of inadvertently very in like a Rachel Hollis boss babe hole which has been a really interesting um deep diving that situation I feel kind of like Bob Costas and that like every two years something that I have expertise in comes up and I'm needed for like a month and I feel like (laughs) when like an influencer messes up they're like Kate what do you have to say I read some of that story with this Rachel Hollis. She was like a Christian, like a faith influencer, right? But sold things. What And then what happened? Remind me in, in two minutes. She's the number one best-selling self-help author for like years and years. With She has Girl, Wash Your Face, Girl, Stop Apologizing. She, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's layered. And she just kind of has always had a pretty problematic message of like, mm-hmm. it's kind of like the hustle and grind. Like, I did it so you can do it pressuring women that they're made for more to do better, to be better, but it's targeting a demographic of women that are vulnerable, especially in the self-help category. And then when you say I did X, Y, Z, and now I'm rich and a mogul, you can too. When your husband works at Disney and you're a multimillionaire, when you have help with your kids, it's a really messed up, misleading thing. That's not apples to apples. And it like, I think self-help's like the new MLM and that it's just really high level abstract advice that hold things like happiness or success over your head yes. that aren't actually materially attainable. Mm. And then it gets you addicted to a product and you forever chase it. And I think she's just an example of a modern person doing that, that like captivated women. She's called like the goop for red states. And That's I think hilarious. she hilarious. And like, so I get it. Yeah, like that ex- explains everything about her to me. I got it. Yeah. And, and like it kind of you when you prey on vulnerable women and tell them they're made for more and to drop everything and quit their job, start a business, blah, blah, blah. It's really freaking hard to make that successful. And it leads to a lot of financial detriment. Yeah. And yeah, she's just had a lot of missteps and had a particularly insensitive video post that kind of was a straw that broke the camel's back. And I, I just find it interesting that the leaders and the people that huge segments of the population choose to like worship and why. And I think it's important to like ask ourselves questions about their draw And I think hers was just like misleading people about her like rags to riches story that like really wasn't. And that's why like the privilege conversation is important, right? If somebody who actually started a podcast called Riches to Riches, just about how they grew up with money and they still have it, I would have respect for that person. I'd be like, oh yeah, Riches to Riches. And Kate Kennedy, if you do not follow Kate, Be There in Five on Twitter, Be There in Five on Instagram and the podcast. Is there more than one podcast? Am I missing one? Nope. Just the one every week. Every week. Um, she's a, on TikTok as well. Are you Be There in Five on TikTok? I am Be There in Five on TikTok. You can see my Venn diagram work on TikTok. I mean, no, genuinely, the girl is like full-blown Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind. You see things sometimes and I'm like, I don't, I genuinely don't understand. What sign are you again? I'm a Virgo. Mm-hmm. That makes perfect sense. Because of course, a Virgo would be organized, loves a diagram. We love that. And uh, and Kate, thank you for doing the show. And guys, thanks for listening uh, another week. If you want, you can follow me on Instagram at Mishkal and on Twitter. And if you like the podcast, leave a review. Kate and guys, have a great weekend. We'll see you next week on Midnight Snack. Bye.
forever dog. This has been a Forever Dog production. Midnight Snack with Michelle Collins is executive produced by Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. Produced by Tracy Soren. Original theme music by Gabe Lopez. Cover art by Ben Wiseman. To listen to this podcast ad-free, sign up for Forever Dog Plus at foreverdogpodcasts.com slash plus. Check out video clips of our podcasts on YouTube at youtube.com slash team. And make sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Forever Dog Team to keep up with all the latest Forever Dog news. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. And that's the episode. We hope you loved it. Again, if you want to hear this show every single day, go to www.patreon.com slash mishcall, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. You can also follow me on Instagram X. TikTok, all the things, Mishkal, M-I-C-H-C-O-L-L. I'm running myself into the ground for content and I want you to be a part of it. So we'll see you over there. And thanks again for joining us. Bye guys.